All right, on to episode three of the Schwedcast. Onward and upward, I like to say. You know, make podcasts great again. That is what I am here to do, and obviously why you are listening to this podcast and why you are here with me today. And I thank you so much for listening to the Schwedcast. Remember to like and subscribe on iTunes. And remember, if you have any questions or you want to have some discussion topics, one that you get to make up, and I talk with one of my Kelly Ripa-style co-hosts, you can email the Schwedcast at theschwedcast at gmail.com. And always remember, I will read the emails. Don't you worry about a thing. I will read them. All right, today I have my friend Micah James Chrisman on the podcast, author of The Legend of the Seer and Strong Black Lives Matter Advocate, along with Social Justice Hero, not Warrior, Hero. That's right, Micah James Chrisman is a hero, and so... He is a great person to talk to. We talk about, you know, how much we hated 2016 and how much we hate racism. We obviously hate racism because we are actual normal people. And this is just two white guys talking about how much they hate racism. So hopefully that brings more to the discussion than we are having right now, which we are having a good discussion about it in this world today, which is a good thing. But, you know, we could move forward a little bit more and actually, uh, you know, make things good. That's what we need to do. And so I'm glad about this talk I have with Micah and I'm really excited for you all to listen to it. And thank you for listening to me as well. All right. So 12 days from this podcast release, the 2017 Grammys are upon us. And like always in the last two episodes, you notice I'm going to talk about a category of the Grammys, I just want to have a nice, subtle discussion. I guess leave your comments if you have anything you ever want to talk about or your feelings towards it. So I want to talk about record of the year. You know, this one is I think I already know a winner, but let me tell you the nominees first. Hello by Adele, Formation by Beyonce, Seven Years by Lucas Graham, Work by Rihanna featuring Drake, and Stressed Out. Now. This category is kind of weird for me because I don't really think I have a particular favorite who I want to win, but I think I know who is going to win. Um, My guest, Hello by Adele, that song was everywhere, almost to an extent still is everywhere, if you think about it. like Adele is just a popular, and she's definitely going to win the Grammy for this, even if she doesn't win a album of the year, I definitely believe she's going to re- get record of the year. Like, no doubt, hands down, I think she's going to get this. Formation uh, is a good uh, runner-up, I think. If there's anything else is going to win, it's going to be uh, Formation by Beyonce. Um, Seven Years by Lucas Graham and Stressed Out by 21 Pilots. Probably don't, don't stand a chance with Adele in the category, but it, I mean, it should be an honor that they're even in the same category as well. I really like Work by Rihanna. I'm glad that one was nominated. Um, a lot of probably a lot of people probably think that song is kind of annoying. Wow, 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 work. But I actually kind of like it. You know, I get every time I'm doing any sort of work whatsoever, I always have that song stuck in my head. You know, all the Drake line. You need to get done, 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 and work come over. You know, I always get that stuck in my head. You know, I always want to pop in on that verse, and you know throw in my Drake lines, you know, something like that. You know, I really like that song, but I definitely don't see it winning this category, especially when you're in the same category as Adele. And so that is my take on this year's Grammys. And tell me what you think, you know, comment, subscribe, you know, do all that stuff. Tell me what you think. I'd love to hear your opinions on this. And all right, our sponsor for today's episode is Lapel Yeah. Lapel Yeah rhymes with hell yeah, as in give me a lapel Yeah. This company is started by my friend Jonathan Bowles, and they have some phenomenal lapel pins. I know what you're thinking. You know what I'm missing from my life? A lapel. A lapel pin. That is what I am missing from my life. And so, good news, Lapel Yeah has you covered. They got all these wrestling pins. They got donut pins. You can even get custom pins made. I might get some Sam Shrugger Project pins. I probably should 
let Jonathan know that he needs to get some Harambe pins made because we never need to forget Harambe. That is important. So I need you to go to lapelyat.com and order your custom pins. And then you're at the checkout and you're like, hmm, promo code? What should I use as a promo code? Well, you're in luck. For all my listeners here today, you can use promo code SAM, S-A-M, and you can get 25% off of your purchase of lapels from lapelya.com. It's an incredible deal. That means pretty much you won't have to pay for your shipping and more on your lapel. So go to lapelya.com, use promo code SAM, S-A-M, and get your lapel. And now let's go on with the show with my friend Micah Chrisman, and let's see what we have to talk about. So I'm hanging out in uh, Kansas City with my pal Micah. Micah, how are you doing? Doing well, Sam. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. Dude, we just got food. You remember that? Yeah. No, I forgot. Sorry. Wait. <laughs> I did remember after I went to the bathroom. You okay. Know. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, just uh, went out to eat, and so after that, we had to go get some like Drano at Dollar General. Right. Like, and so, uh, <laughs> and so like. <laughs> So, like, at first on our way in, I decided I was going to embarrass Micah, and so I just went, hold on, I'll go check over this aisle. So I just went over that aisle, and Micah, what did I say? Uh, he shouted out over practically an intercom, if there was one, he shouted, Micah, your hemorrhoid cream's over here, to which the restaurant, or the store clerk was like, uh, actually, it's in aisle four, if you're looking for hemorrhoid <laughs> cream. So, thank goodness we didn't actually have to get hemorrhoid cream when we were checking out, but that's Sam for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, in all honesty, at least she was helpful. Yeah, that is true. She it, was and certainly helpful. If we needed <laughs> hemorrhoid cream, we knew it was in aisle four. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even actually, like, fact check to see if we actually if it actually was in aisle four. It just was. Right. Well, we just knew in our spirits, so that's where it was. <laughs> so then we were on our way outside the store, and... Like a three-year-old does, who's just watched Star Wars, Sam <laughs> waved his hand in front of the sliding glass doors, and the automatic door opened, and it opened, and there were suddenly four other guys on the other side, and this gentleman looked at us, he says, whoa, we got a Chris Angel on our hands, oh my god, and we were Which, just like, yep, we sure do, look at this magician. I know, it's it's amazing how people get uh, terrified when they see uh, magic. magic. Yeah, you would think, you would think uh, they would have seen an automatic door at this point in their life. You know, we can't expect everyone to see these things. That's called white privilege, Sam. When you assume things like that, <laughs> not everyone sees automatic doors. I know. Stay woke. I went my whole. I went up to twelve years of my life without seeing an automatic door, and look at me now. And I don't know if it's done you any better. <laughs> I have a podcast now. Well, that means you've probably, I think it's done worse to you. <laughs> <laughs> you must have hit your face on the glass door too many times. Yeah, I know, didn't, wish, if we just had those automatic doors, we would have uh, been way better off with our lives. So much better off. So why are we here, Sam? What's um, going on? So I'm here in Kansas City, uh, just visiting some friends. Tomorrow, uh, this episode's in, coming out in January, but here in Kansas right now it's the day before New Year's Eve so we all got some pretty big uh New Year's goals so far I know Micah has told me some I don't know if he wants to share them with anyone yeah I'm gonna quit crack cocaine I've really <laughs> decided that it's it's time to stop sniffing the snow you know what I'm saying nah actually I'm gonna quit smoking smoking what Smoking cigarettes. Okay. Uh, yep, I'm on my way. I had a I had a scare a while back. Uh, I thought it was uh, 
potentially jaw cancer, but come to find out it was just a swollen lymph node. But it was just worrisome enough to make me kind of put a perspective on life. It made me think about, hey, I got too many projects and things I want to accomplish in my life. And I feel like I got a, I got a path of influence ahead of me and I don't want to end it short. So, uh, sucky as it's going to be, I got to quit smoking <laughs> and I got to lose weight. So it's all of the above and we'll see what happens if I can accomplish both at the same time in 2017. You can only do one. <laughs> well, it's called multitasking, Sam. I'm going to try to multitask this. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you multitask ever before. Well, that's because I'm so good at it. You don't notice when I'm multitasking. You just think I'm focusing on one project at a time. That's how good I am. See, Sam? Kind of like when I hit on your mom, but I'm <laughs> also hitting on your dad you don't notice these things because i'm multitasking uh well you got me there at least you know if you ever see like one of those views of like what different planets would be like what look like if like you could see the distance from the sun like it'd be amazing like how big your mom would be <laughs> from the distance from the sun i think you stole that from a meme sam <laughs> I, most of my life is a meme so you are kind of a walking meme, when, as they say. <laughs> oh, internet uh, troll, walking internet troll. So so we're like thinking of our plans for New Year's. Uh, by the time this podcast is released, uh, it'll already be said and done. And maybe in the, in the intro, I probably already told you what actually happened. But, Michael, what's our plan for tomorrow night? Uh, we're just going to go do some party hopping. Uh, not drink too much because drinking and driving is dangerous. Never drink and, and drive. Never drink and drive, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no matter what or where or who or who you were with or what you were doing. Or how you've been. Ever. For any reason. Whatsoever. Whatsoever. Sometimes we start sentences and we don't know where they're going. <laughs> Sometimes we start podcasts and we don't know where we're going. We just wait to see where it takes us. That's, yes, the epitome of this podcast. But yeah, we're going to do some party hopping, Kansas City. Uh, hang out with some of our friends. Shout out to uh, you know Matthew Simmons, Cameron Porter, some of our peeps that we uh, went to college with, and we're mm -hmm. gonna just catch up with them and you know see how you're gonna catch up with them. I'm gonna mustard with them. That sounds actually really enticing. So we're saying we're hanging out with uh, Cameron and Matt and their respective wives of the time. Don't know if they're going to show up with new wives or they're going to bring the same one they had last year. Probably the same ones. Probably, probably we should say it's the other way around. It's probably uh, Emily bringing Cameron and Devin bringing Matt. Honestly, that sounds like a, like what's actually probably, happening. They'll probably get so drunk that they'll have to bring them where they need to go. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know why. <laughs> the guys are probably drinking worse than the girls. Or vice versa, you know. In because my experience, women are better. In women my experience, you know, men are typically doing a Bible study and women are out getting trashed, drinking a lot. Sam, that's sexist. <laughs> you need to think about what you're saying right now. We're on a podcast. It's in a. It's in the Bible. No, it's not. It doesn't that always work in somehow? <laughs> I think Jesus, a male, was the one who turned water into wine. So I don't, you know. Jesus was the best person at a party, hands down. Yep. He was. He was. He was my peep. So, yeah, we'll be doing some uh, New Year's Eve get-downs. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll make any kind of mistakes or really bad decisions that make us start off the new year and on a bad foot. You know, hopefully it's all going to start on a, on a good foot. I know, because screw 2016. Yep. Do you like a... Uh... 2016 was the worst. Let's talk about uh, the worst things that happened in 2016. Not in our lives, respectively, but just in the overall world. David Bowie. David Bowie died. He was a big Prince hit. died. Most importantly, Harambe died. Harambe, oh my gosh. Worse than all the, all the rest. Shot in his own home. It's like... I know... I don't know who to blame... Cincinnati Zoo. I even heard a rumor that the Chicago Police Department 
drove all the way to Cincinnati to shoot the gorilla. <laughs> you know, wouldn't surprise me. Conspiracies that are out there right now. Uh, I heard that the child in the enclosure was a spawn from the Empire. And so that, that was part <laughs> part of the, uh, yeah, disrupting the Star Wars phenomenon. Yeah, I actually heard they're making a sequel to Rogue One. Really? Yeah. Is it going to be Rogue 2? No, it's actually uh, it's going to be called Star Wars A New Hope. Oh, oh. <laughs> I've never heard of that one. Yeah, George Lucas is directing it. I saw some pictures from it. But we it won't have really Carrie cool. Fisher in it. I think that it's coming out in like 1978, I think. Yeah. So we still have some time <laughs> like before it comes out. Oh, uh, this is too close to home. I'm so sad Dude, yeah, about I'm, Carrie Fisher. You, okay, so this is coming out in like a month from now, but we're just now having to deal with the death of Carrie Fisher. So we're, it's all still pretty raw for most of us right now. A lot of them lived in the fast lane and were essentially um, shorted long expect, life, life expectancy because... Of the cocaine usage, the alcohol, the different drugs that they took. It's just the kind of symptomatic issue of being famous. You uh, end up kind of shorting your own life by living in the pleasure of the moment. So, uh, no, that's not to say, like, you know, it makes their deaths any less sad. It's just thinking about Carrie Fisher and all these people, they were really known for a lot of the addictions that they had in their younger years and that takes a toll on your health mm-hmm. later on in life which is all the more reason why i need to quit smoking cigarettes because yeah. the more realize yeah the realization that as i get older life is precious and short and as much as i appreciate the the, the hourly buzz i realize that um life should be more than that Man, you kind of just put this on a down note. I'm know, sorry. How, how did you make this podcast so sad? I've been drinking, so it's just... <laughs> has one margarita. <laughs> As I was just talking about it. It's like, ah, uh, I'm drunk right now. Or having has kidding. one margarita with dinner, and all of a sudden... All of a sudden. It's like, I am the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Senator Palpatine. Yeah, on Christmas, my mom was telling me, it's like, all right, look, I know there's like... There's like a, my, my aunt and some of my cousins, they were... They are not Trump supporters. They voted for someone else, anyone else, literally. And then there's some that were Trump supporters. And so my mom was like, all right, don't bring up politics tonight, okay? Just just don't. I'm like, yeah, sure, that's no big deal. But if they have alcohol there, no promises. <laughs> it's like all those memes. It's, uh, it's like, I promise I won't get all political three drinks later. Yeah, I wish I, my family had made that promise. We had certain person i won't name names literally break down in tears and just say i just thank god that we have a president-elect who cares about the people and that he's going to undo all the wrongs of our society that's what people believe and that's what's coming out of 2016 all the more reason why again i guess we can't really blame the year itself because 2016 is just a number you know (laughs) It's just the dumb idiots <laughs> voting for uh, other idiots for election. Yeah, it's it's sad. Let's see that sixteen. Yeah, so I I didn't. So I was proud of myself and uh, didn't bring get into politics. I will say, however, the I think the worst thing in politics right now that's gone on not in American politics. So the Russian ambassador of Turkey got shot. And did you you saw that? No, I didn't. It was like, so yeah, the Russian ambassador for Turkey got shot. Like he was assassinated, like at an, like an art gallery or something like that. Was he eating turkey? Was this during Thanksgiving? No, this was the country oh, turkey. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that one. Micah was homeschooled, so he doesn't know. <laughs> I was just trying to make it funny. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> no, do not have to bring up my school. <laughs> acorns and oats yeah so basically what happened was so the last time like an ambassador was like shot it basically started like world war one like you know and this day and age you just become a meme mm-hmm. it's so what does that say about the society we live in 
We're all walking memes, just waiting for someone to click. It's like, know, we're all it. memes on the inside. It's just, we haven't been released yet. Or maybe it's like Inception, where we're memes inside of memes inside of memes. Think about that, Sam. Chris Angel, mind freak. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's Chris Angel. <laughs> this guy out here is Chris Angel. Uh. <laughs> okay, um... All right. What good, creative stuff are you wanting to do in 2017, Sam? Creative. Um, what kind of projects are you wanting to do? I am right now January, so when I release this, I will. I'm working with. I have a client. Um, not going to give out his information on air right now, but I will. Yeah, but we're working together. I'm going to help him work on some songs. I don't know if he's wanting demos or if he's wanting full fledged projects, but I'm going to treat it like it's a full fledged like song. That's like a final product with him and so I know I'm doing that. Love to do that. I love for a audio some audiobook work to do. I feel like I'm kinda like getting into that. Hoping to do more with this podcast. Uh probably gonna record some more. I'm probably gonna release some music. Nothing uh no like big full length albums or full length mixtapes like that. Like two thousand sixteen when I released uh yeah, because two thousand sixteen I released basically a full length album and like a ten track mixtape. So it's like so I don't need to release anything big, but I think I might release something, something or other. Like we'll a see. Single or something. Um, a couple more songs in a single, maybe. I haven't decided too much yet. We're just gonna see where it goes from uh, here. Because you're going on tour, aren't you? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I haven't announced all the tour dates yet, but it will be coming soon. So that's gonna be cool. Nice. So, uh, do you have any creative stuff going on? Yeah, I'm working on. Um second book in my fantasy fiction series currently right now sam and i have a slap bet <laughs> yeah in the works i have to finish the second book in my remnant trilogy by what was it july july 29th 2017 and if i don't then he gets to slap me across the face as hard as he wants hopefully not too hard no, it'll be hard. It'll be hard. Luckily, you have a beard, so you have some cushion. But I'm going to try and attempt to get this book done before he has the opportunity to slap me. I've actually been working really hard to write my book so that, to ensure that that doesn't happen. My favorite thing about this bet is that there is no consequences on my side. The worst thing that's going to happen to me in this bet is that I probably don't get to slap Micah. That is the worst thing, just in not... Fact, and then you get a book to read. Potentially. Yeah, and then I have to read a book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to read my book. But um, yeah, working on getting that finished. It's fantasy fiction, so we don't model. have to talk about that too much more because we got to save it for when you get done. You're gonna come back on the podcast, of course. Right. Yeah, I don't want to spill any kind of leaked secrets or anything. Yeah, we don't want. We don't. This isn't the podcast. For In leaks. case I don't finish it, I don't want to have to tell people that I got slapped clean across the face. <laughs> So yeah, we're. I want to keep him down though. He tells me all this stuff, but I can't tell you all that stuff. So secrets are for me. So I'll leave it. I'll leave it be. Leave, leave it, it be. Leave it be. But I am excited for it, and you should be excited too. You can catch the first one. It's on Amazon, right? Yep. The Remnant, the Legend of the Seer. So yeah, not too much news going on so far. You know, just gotta leave the man alone so he can work. Right. That's so. the main thing. Got to get the project done. Yeah. The one project that'll never be done is the Sam Schwegler project. <laughs> and then what was that movie we made one time with your with your friends? Uh, yeah. Zach, he doesn't want to... We had a falling out or something like that. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, we, we tried to work on uh, a sequel to uh, a short film I was in. And uh, we the first one was like a drama, and so we're going to make the second one a comedy. <laughs> right. And so it's just like a really, a, for a sequel to a, like just a, an amateur movie. I'm not going to say it's bad. It was just a low budget, you know, just like someone starting off. And so we had the priest in it. Yeah. We had a short, the very first scene of it would be my character in a church praying. And then Micah is a priest and he comes up and talks to me. And it's like the only serious scene in the entire movie too. I was really hoping to get paid for that gig, but then I bought you a margarita. I had to like twist your arm to get it. 
You were gonna try to shortstop me. You from do. It you do hours. know, like I'm Jewish, right? Like I have. I'm part Jewish. That's racist, Sam. But not to your own people. Stop being anti-Semitic towards yourself. <laughs> like you gotta just. But I did. I, I did buy you that margarita for my so my headshots. Yeah, that's okay. So no, you're right. I won't be bitter about but, it. But hey, at least I, I got it to you. At least I did give you your payment. Right. Sure. Like, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Dude, oh. Ah, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, some fun memories about that. And, uh, oh. Dude, yeah. Dude, I miss old Barney's. Like. Yeah, so old Barney's was the, uh, the old townie bar we used to go to in Warrensburg, Missouri. In our college town, because we were those hipsters who mm-hmm. were too good to go to the college bars because we were those creative types. And yeah. so we'd go sit with all the old geezers who got drunk every night, who were basically small town alcoholics. <laughs> and they would just be annoyed the hell out of them because they would be like, why are all these young artist, writer, hipster people sitting in our bar drinking <laughs> our alcohol? Get out of here. But we made friends with a bunch of them. Yeah, I know. It was like, it was like... And they had the best burgers in town. Oh, my for gosh. Sure. I think some of the best burgers I've ever had, honestly. Yeah, there's been debate about that. Well, I we mean, always... And we never got to go to that other towny bar and, like, try burgers. Never got to try the burgers. We went to their place. It was called... What was it? Not Edge of Town. What no, was it? it was... Something on Pine, uh, East Pine, East Pine Pub, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, we have pretty good burgers here, and they're just like, all right, we'll come here tomorrow and get some, and then they're like, we don't do burgers on weekends. I was like, it was false advertising, is what it was. The the best part about like the first time we did it because we were just adventures that night, and so we're just like, let's go on an adventure. So we went there, and it was like this tiny little room of a bar, like. There's like one guy with an acoustic guitar playing. I think he was like my downstairs neighbor in my apartment, and he was like just playing music. And it was, I mean, it was pretty fun. But like the room was small, but they had a really nice big outdoor area. Yeah. And so like we're just like that. And then our friend Matt, who we're going to see tomorrow for New Year's, he was just like, you know, this place looks really crowded, just because we showed up. (laughs) (laughs) And there was like maybe five of us because it was. Well, that's the epitome of your townie bar. When you go into a townie bar with a few of your friends, suddenly the place is full because it's just a small little townie bar. Well, like when we just us came into Old Barney's, it wasn't didn't seem like it was packed. Yeah, that's true. See, Old Barney's was like the good spacious. It was like the good townie bar, but then like East Pub Pine, it was just like that was like I think that was. The I feel like that's like the I real. I think there town. were a biker gang there. Yeah, there was always like a bunch of bikers there. It was like, you know, Sons of Anarchy or something. Yeah, shit, you know. I mean, they were they were always friendly to us every time we went there. It's true, they were. We were also white, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> if we had been anything else, they might not have been so. Why friendly. was our Why was our college friend group just all white people? That's what I want to know. That's not true. Josiah wasn't white. Well, he never hung out with us. Yes, he did. I like, hung out with Josiah. Like, before I turned 21, and, like, you hung over that, like, two or three times. It's because we were just starting to wake up, and now we have to stay woke. <laughs> we're staying woke. And that's not a joke, ladies and gentlemen. We, we we have to understand our white privilege, otherwise we cannot deconstruct the ills of our society. Mm-hmm. So, those are good questions, actually, to ask, Sam. I know. Why do we hang out with just white people? It's like that is Yeah, it is a good question. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I'll hang out with anyone. See, my problem, like, with racism is that, like, I can't... There's so much things about people's personalities that annoy me. Like, I can't even get to skin color. Like, just skin color doesn't bother me. Like, not even, like, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because you wrote a big paper about it. Yeah, I think the problem is that you and I grew up with a culture and knowledge that was what was taught to us was color blindness. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like what you're tiptoeing around, mm-hmm. you know, into is like this idea that, Oh, we just acknowledge people for who they are as people and we don't recognize them as their color, mm-hmm. but being colorblind is self-admittedly blind as I've heard said. And so the idea is that we willfully 
don't want to see our privilege in many ways. So like, you know, different like cultural differences, you know, can, doesn't mean like, Oh, because you don't have a ton of black friends means you're racist. That doesn't, yeah. that's not the reality. Um, but it is like a good question. To ask yourself like, why what kind of open space do you make for people of color in your life how many people you know do you branch out and and try to make friends with people or do you just subconsciously let it pass you by and then maybe there's people that you hang out with that are people of color but in your mind they strike you as more of white type people because yeah. of personalities so the reality is that color blindness is a really is a really bad like philosophy to go by because we were taught like oh people are people and we should just you know love them for who they are but like sometimes maybe we're the ones who have to change not other people who have to change for us Mm -hmm. okay if you act more white i'll be your friend type thing you know what i mean so it's like maybe we have to be the ones to ask ourselves how are we creating space to like open ourselves up and be friendly with other people yeah i mean like i don't know like and still i'm like i mean i have friends like I mean, like, obviously, it was just, like, our specific friend groups, which is kind of funny. We were just all white. Right. Which, you know, I just just want to kill racism. Right. It's just a problem. If you're racist, I will attack you with the North. Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, like, what we see, like, today in, like, a lot of our friend groups or different people are, like, what people a common term people are starting to use now is microaggressions so rather than saying you know being full-fledged racist like i think black people or hispanic people or asian people are less than white people they'll just say things like you know oh those you know those you know whatever beaners you know who make great mexican food i wonder you know they legal or microaggressions things that Mm -hmm. people say like Oh, I want, you know, probably that's an undocumented person, you know, things that aren't explicitly referring to the person's like color of skin, but referring to like a a sweeping generalization, a discriminatory description of somebody. And so like the racist uncle at Mm -hmm. your dinner party who tells a black joke or does this or that, you know, we would consider those microaggressions. So then there's people like you and I who don't consider ourselves racist but we just find ourselves in very siloed white centric lives Mm -hmm. and then we have to ask ourselves why are we allowing that to persist Mm -hmm. and we have to like hey i'm gonna go out and be friendly with these people and invite them to come hang out with us that aren't my with part of my regular white group of friends but like a craigslist ad for like man seeking man like need a black friend I don't know if that would work, Sam. I think they would just find us very creepy and weird. <laughs> They're like, you white people are trying too hard. <laughs> <laughs> We're just, uh, just like, then we, we, we become the thing we hate. Right. <laughs> well, that's the other thing I've been noticing too, is then you have all these like, again, millennial hipster stay woke people who suddenly understand the plight of black people. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, are you know oh because i've read all these articles from huffington post and i've done all this research and mm-hmm. i understand white privilege suddenly i can go to black people and i can say i know how to solve all your problems you know it's like the reality is what people are looking for is just genuine human beings who they can connect with and the less you know don't get me wrong i'm sure some people really appreciate when someone comes to grips with their privilege and understands like wow like this person understands that they've been given a leg up in society. Yeah. And, but for the most part, people are people, you know, mm-hmm. they, they eat food, they sleep. We all do similar stuff. And so it's just like finding that commonality and just hanging out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People, or, you know, everyone, if we just all smoked a blunt together, you know, we'd all <laughs> just do a Bob Marley did, you know? No, but seriously, like, um, just finding commonalities and just, you know, Sometimes I just get annoyed with people who are just like, we all have these terms, microaggressions, white, you know, and it's like, don't get me wrong, that stuff's important. But then I've, I've just seen conversations with white people, mm-hmm. with black folks, and it just seems so contrived. It seems so forced. Like, 
oh, I understand, like, I understand racism and what you people are going through and like, yeah, you know, trying to relate too hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. definitely, I always just try to be, my situations not be like, try to like take control of it. I just like more like stand with the people who are like in the position like they are. Right. Showing I mean, solidarity and just being yeah. in place with them. I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing, but I know I'm at least I'm not hundred percent wrong, and I'm not on the bad side at least. Right. Yeah. Just try to do what I can. Yep. Just yeah, showing like you're there as an ally, like with mm-hmm. them is the most important thing we can do because especially when we're looking at 2017 and a Trump's America, mm-hmm. where racism is becoming more and more blatant. People graffiti of swastikas even here in kansas city people writing stuff in the even like libraries why can they not draw swastikas right (laughs) it's like that's annoying me more than anything (laughs) like if you're gonna do it right if you're gonna do it do it right gonna be racist at least draw your symbols right (laughs) which really extended from like a a eastern symbol of like peace or whatever that's (laughs) what the swastika originally meant was it uh the best thing someone's been turning uh every swastika graffiti he sees into like the windows 95 logo (laughs) (laughs) so it's just like easily figure this out and do it (laughs) right spread the word to end the word all right so we're gonna take a break from our music sponsor and when we get back me and mike are gonna share some stories of our of the last couple years of our friendship so uh stay tuned don't touch that dial This week's artist sponsor is the Matt Cook Collective. The Matt Cook Collective is an extremely eclectic group of musicians from widely different backgrounds within music, consisting of members living all across the Midwest. They come together to create beautiful, improvised music with roots from modern jazz to hip-hop to avant-garde. I saw these guys back, I think, December of 2015, and they were a phenomenal uh, group of guys to watch play. They're just extremely talented musicians. I played in the our big band at school with Matt and their bass player, Nick, and I always know that they're extremely great people to play with, and they always rock the house every time I play with them. And uh, every time they play, they're awesome groups. They did a Daft Punk cover, uh, and I thought that was really cool. Daft Punk is awesome. And uh, the song you're listening to right now is Underglow by Joel Gordon, and uh, it was performed by the Matt Cook Collective, obviously. And you can find that song on their latest EP, which is on all those streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, you know. And they even have physical CDs, you can find them on that. And they're currently working on a new album that's coming out in June, so go like them on Facebook and go check out all the stuff they're doing. This is Underglow, written by Joel Gordon. song as always if you are an artist and you want to get on this artist sponsor spot you can always email the at gmail.com for further info thank you 
and let's get on with the rest of the show. And we are back. And so now I think what we're doing, we want to like talk about the time. We're just going to reminisce on an old memory of, uh, by far my weirdest show I have ever played. So I'll kind of just start off the story and I'll let Micah kind of take over. Does that sound good? Yeah. I mean, at least I can give my perspective on it. Traumatizing experience. (laughs) Funny for Sam, traumatizing for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm just going to start a little bit of it and I'm just going to let Micah kind of finish it. So typically when booking a show, like most of these places, at least this is Sedalia, Missouri. It shouldn't be hard to do any coordination in Sedalia, Missouri, but this uh this venue he called me in like april and he's like hey do you want to play every month we try to do like a songwriter night at my venue and i heard from your my from my music theory teacher that like you're good and you would be playing i'm like yeah sure i'll play and he's like great i'll just keep in touch with you and all that stuff and like yeah 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 so like this is like super far in advanced for what this show is and uh so eventually the time comes up and i show up to the venue and the first thing that happens is uh, usually typically when I play a show, I walk into the venue and usually someone's there and like, are you Sam? And I'm like, yeah. And then they tell me everything I need to know, sound checking and everything like that. So I walk into this venue. I see the stage. I see people working and like no one has come up to approach me. Like typically like that's OK. Like if they, you just show up, sometimes they don't just they're busy or whatever and so like i just start getting all my stuff and like carrying it into the music venue and like still no one's noticed me like at all and so i'm like i'm like just all my stuff's in like you would assume like a guy carrying in all his music stuff was probably going to be playing that evening right isn't that what you think probably i would assume so yeah and so like still i got all my stuff in nothing so i went up to a guy i assume was there so i was just like his name was James. I'm like, hey, are you James? And then he like he was kind of like, yeah, who's asking? <laughs> it's like kind of rudely. I'm like, this is Sam. Oh, hey, Sam, how's it going? And then he started telling me all the stuff I needed and all the stuff. And then he ended it with, like, oh, and by the way, I'm blind. <laughs> so I'm just thinking makes... like the, all the weirdest stuff of like this whole thing. So the, the nights just started off weird. And, you know, goes from there. Eventually, Micah was not, Micah and a couple other guys were nice enough to show up to this thing because there were not a lot of people at this show. I'm like, I didn't know what to expect, so I just, you know, did what I did and just played the show and whatever. So now you kind of take over the story. So, grungy little town bar. Everyone's smoking cigarettes inside. It's like so naturally, slightly right out of town. That was my favorite part about the town or the bar was, you know, getting to smoke cigarettes inside. And Sam gets on the stage and uh, and basically every in between every song he would stop and make some joke towards me about <laughs> me being big guy. You know, and just he kept saying that joke because that's kind of the inside joke between Sam and I. He's kind of a shorter guy and I'm taller and stouter. <laughs> so he calls me big guy and he's little guy and whatever. And so but he kept making the joke and it just kept, you know. But then what was funny is that every other song was like a love song. You know, it was all like breakup songs, kind of all these like, you know. Yes, yeah, the stuff from Jaded Thoughts I was playing. I was like, yeah, because I just wrote like almost all of it. So. So it was all kind of heartbreak, you know, boy, love boy songs. Mm -hmm. And so then he would stop making jokes about me. So then at the end of it, naturally everyone in the bar is thinking it. And so the the bar or the guy gets up and he's, what's your relationship to big guy? (laughs) So randomly, like this was like a radio show too with me and the other artist. And so, like, we didn't know it was a radio show because if, like, if it was, we knew that, like, we would have, like, posted online. Both of us would have posted online. Like, hey, listen to this. We're going to be on the radio. You know, if you can't make it to the venue, you can come listen to us live. I didn't even know it was a radio show until yeah, this exactly. moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, they just didn't do it. That's why. And they, so we just randomly got an interview at the end of it. Like, probably the worst interview I have ever had. Ever. <laughs> And so they kept asking all these, like, on-the-spot questions. Like, and there were, it wasn't even, like, that much of an interview. It was just, like, what's your favorite band? <laughs> it's like, how old are you? <laughs> what kind and of then, food do you like? And so <laughs> the best one was, like, what was your most, uh, 
memorable moment of playing on stage and i was like when i was playing just this moment at this show and me and my friend big guy uh looked at each other and we winked at each other it was kind of a cool connection like just a fun little friend thing and then the next question what was your worst experience ever playing on stage and i was like well when me and big guy had this winked at each other and kind of had this connection it was kind of weird too I had no idea. So apparently all that was on the radio. Yeah, it was like all on, but I don't think like anyone was listening to the radio. I think maybe like one person from like Canada was listening to it. Wow. So, but I'm pretty sure they'll never know who we are ever again, unless they listen to this podcast too. It's true. They're like, oh, I remember that show. I remember that. I was streaming it from my cabin in the Canadian wilderness. Okay. (sighs) And there's more of a story as to why I call you big guy. And I want to. I want to. I want you to tell this story. It's about the was it the party you were at and the cops came. Oh yeah. So uh, there was this one time. It was Halloween and went to this place and a bunch of people were dancing and there were some drinks and I just got showed up there from after the bars. Well, suddenly the cops show up and are busting up the party and I hear people say cops, cops. I had this little bottle of Jameson in my pocket, and so I'm like, oh, so I stuffed that in the couch cushion because I just didn't want to carry that with me. Mm-hmm. And I uh, get to the door, and there's cops on either side of the door. And I just said, good evening, officers, and walked past them. They said, they said, how's it going, big guy? And that's all <laughs> they said to me. And I remember I walked past them, and I kept my eyes straight, and I told myself, don't look back, don't look back, and make sure they don't say anything to you. And guess what? They never say anything to me, and I was scot-free, and I left the night without having to get arrested. I know. I was at a party, not like one of those raging parties. It was like some music people were there, and I was like being like the one casual drinker there back when I casually drank. <laughs> and uh, like the cops came, and I was like, I don't have anything to worry about. One... Because I'm over 21, and this isn't my house. <laughs> right. So I'm just like, hey, I'm over, I'm uh, legal. Uh, they're just, and the cops were just cool with it. Just like, hey, just uh, don't drink and walk. Just uh, finish your drink and uh, walk home. <laughs> right. That was like funny. I was like, all right. Words where cops are pretty chill about that. I'm mm-hmm. chill about that kind of stuff. Speaking of... First time drinking stories. <laughs> Go uh, ahead and I'll tell you the story of the first time Sam okay. uh, ever got drunk. And I'll butt in every time he's wrong about something. I had a bottle of American honey. Which, which I will never drink yeah, again. Yeah, I, I don't know why I had it. It was it was it's just too sweet, but for some reason I had a bottle of it. And uh, we decided to uh, you know, do shots and drink it casually and I had some friends um, down the street and uh, we decided, oh, well, let's go hang out with them. So we took our bottle of American honey with us, and I brought my pipes. Not pot pipes, just actual tobacco pipes, Sherlock Holmes pipes, and pipe tobacco. And uh, we walked all the way there, had a great time, till the point where Sam got too drunk. He had never really been drunk in his entire life. And so he just started ranting and waving. He was quoting Family Guy. He was quoting every TV show he's ever watched. You're going to have to say these references. You know, I don't go to Burger King and tell you how to do your job. It's probably because you were saying something dumb to me. Yeah, probably. But I knew that at that point in the night, it was late. And once Sam was on that kind of tangent where every other sentence out of his mouth was just kind of a meme quote, (laughs) nothing really coherently flowed together. And there was no real precedence for it. I was like, it's time for us to go. And so as drunk as we were, we started walking back. And then we get about halfway and I realized that he's forgotten. We've forgotten something. I can't remember what. It was your pipes. Well... But I had to go back. Oh, well, it was the pipes and the tobacco. But the first time was we forgot the pipes. So I had to go back. And so, But first I told Sam, I said, Sam, you're gonna, we found a random lawn chair. In like an alley. In this alleyway in Warrensburg, basically downtown. And I sat him down in this chair and I said, Sam, don't leave from this spot. I was like, just sit right here. I was like, I'm going to go get my pipes. And I'm going to come back for you. So I ran back to the house, got my pipes, ran back. There he was, and he gets up, and I'm like, you doing all right? He's like, yeah, 
I got sick and I threw up in the alleyway. He's like, <laughs> I feel a little bit better now. So we walked back to my house. And then I realized that he forgot, we forgot the pipe tobacco. So not only had, you know, I was, you know, so I had to go run back to the house and get the pipe tobacco. And then when I came and then I had to run, you know, come back. By this point, you know, I'm just lackadaisical and drunk. Hardly remember any of this. <laughs> but I remember coming back. And at this point, Sam's, when I first left him, uh, he I gave him a bowl. No, that was later. That, that was, was later. Before, than, yeah. When I left him, I left him on the couch, went back to the house, got the stuff, came back. When I came back, he wasn't no longer on the couch. He was in my bathroom puking in my toilet. Mm-hmm. And he was... Like a, like a gentleman. Like a gentleman, yeah, that's true. I and like an uh, like a non gentleman, I did not hold your hair for you. <laughs> <laughs> my hair wasn't, my hair's not been. I don't think it was ever long enough. I needed the hair, at least when I was drinking. Cause I didn't start drinking till I was twenty. So, cause I was I was went up grew up in a very conservative home. Wow, yeah, <laughs> do tell. I know. <laughs> yeah, cause that I, I want to get to all the you know the spiciness of my of my young life. Right, and so. Then, uh, whenever he was going to bed, I gave him a bowl and I told him, I said, all right, Sam, this is your puke bowl. And I laid it by his head on the, by the couch. I said, if you need a puke, I was like, you're going to lean your head over and you're going to aim for this bowl. I was like, I was like, now Sam. And he, he just kept kind of. Uh, uh, where, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and I was just like, all right, Sam, point to me. Tell me, where's your puke bowl? He's like, it's, it's right, right here. He's like, it's right here. <laughs> and I was like, all right, very good, Sam. I was like, where, when you puke, where are you going to puke? Right here, right here, my puke bowl. See, I'm a good guy. I never puke. Uh, I never puke anywhere but a toilet. It's weird. It's weird. Like, it's like if I feel like I'm gonna throw up, I know I'm like, all right, I need to go to the bathroom. And then once I get into the bathroom, like automatically the vomit just comes out. Like, like I hold it in my mouth and then like wait till I get the toilet up and then I'll just let it, just let it fly. That's good. I think everyone listening is now trying to like suppress their gag reflex just thinking about this story. <laughs> <laughs> but yep, that was our first time uh, getting drunk together and Sam getting drunk for the first time. Yeah. So uh yeah. The lesson is kids uh, always learn your limit. That was the day I learned my limit. And uh don't ever follow the mic affluence because that was something else that was kind of coined in college was anytime Mike was involved in a, some kind of party or scenario if you did some bad choices, it was because of the mic affluence. Wasn't like bad choices, as in like murdered a cop or whatever. It was like you did a bad thing. It's like you did like like you drank too much. Basically, <laughs> like drank in the start, mic affluence was smoked. just yeah yeah. If you got drunk enough to where you had to smoke a cigarette, it was usually Micah handing you the cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> And then you hate yourself the next day. Ah, oh, why did I smoke a cigarette? Why did I smoke? Why did a pipe? I smoke that one cigarette? <laughs> Which, by the way, is why I have to quit smoking because I've learned my lesson, ladies and gentlemen. Life is about growing up and maturing, and not always making the same mistakes over and over again. Because that's when you don't make something of your life. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Oh, it was fun though, is it? We don't. I don't think we have more than just drinking stories, right? That I feel like we do. As far as like fun things that we would do, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. Uh, I mean, we would just like go and chill and do stuff together. Like, we'd meet for lunch on campus. You'd yeah. come to my class. Our- oh, there was a time where <laughs> you dressed up like me for Halloween, and you came to visit me in my class. I was teaching public speaking to college students. I myself was a master's student, and Sam decided to show up uh, on Halloween wearing a red beard and an Irish flat cap and a Guinness t-shirt. My Guinness favorite. t-shirt, and he was like, "Who wore better?" <laughs> and I was like, "This man is an imposter. I am the real Mike Chrisman." <laughs> Sam was always notorious for trying to mimic me. Again, being like a mini me, you know. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, that was the day 
I met uh, <laughs> I met uh, Adriana Adriana Vivas. I think I said your last name right. So you know that was it was good. That was the day we met. That we met actually had a legit conversation at uh, her boyfriend Forrest's birthday party, which I think I literally talked about that on like the first podcast I did. So you know you might have to go back to episode one and listen to that. So what I'm hearing is you're obsessed. Yeah, with <laughs> with her boyfriend Forrest. Yeah, with her it was like who, who did you think I was obsessed with? I don't know. I just <laughs> if you mentioned two of your three podcasts, they must be really important in your I life. I know, man. I've already gotten so many down. We're like already talking about past ones, and I have this is like the third one we've recorded. Well, this is the best one I'm assuming so far. I don't know. Maybe. Probably not. I don't know. Caleb, he told some. Uh, my friend Caleb, he told some good stories. So. Whatever. About this guy, Steve. He was. I told you not to bring up the name Caleb. It I'm brings sorry. up too much hurt and feelings All right, for I'm me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My brother Caleb's in jail, so. Okay. <laughs> just bring us down again. We'll just, we'll just leave that to rest. So. Yeah. It's, uh, let's leave it for the rest, and uh, the best is yet to come, right? Right. 2017. 2017 is going to be our year. It is. I believe so. It is going to be the year of the... The year of beer. We're going to call it Schweika. Year of Schweika. I'm guessing that's Schweigler and Micah? Yeah. Why not Samica? Samica. Or... um, Schweigman. Yeah, there you go. If you're going to combine our last names, that'd be better. Well, I just put Schweig on the beginning of everything now. That's what I'm doing. The Schweig. The the Schweig cast. Like, there's multiple Schwe- Sam Schweigler universes. There's like the Schweigerverse. Schweigerverse. Like multiple like universes of my life. But the Schweigerverse. I do think like I do think about like there's like multiple like uh like timelines of my life where there's like there's like one timeline where like I blew up to be like an internet sensation. Like yeah. there's just like different like different careers. One like I quit doing music altogether. You know. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's like, what about you? Do you ever think about that? Yeah, I think about lives where I wasn't even a writer at all. Mm-hmm. I, I was a musician because yeah. even though I never took music, you know, seriously, I kind of have an affinity towards it in this yeah. life. I play acoustic guitar sometimes, and you know, there was a time where I would jam on the streets, do some busking, busking, but I never took it as a real craft yeah to like master but i picture myself in like another life maybe i was a music artist instead mm-hmm. of a writer this life i feel like more that's more of my strong suit being mm-hmm. a writer i feel like there's one multi schweig verse where i <laughs> <laughs> where i am a where i am like a comedian where yeah. i do like stand up and then like acting and stuff like that yeah there's probably one where i do musical theater right there's one I just given up on my life. See, in this life, I think if I was to try and become a comedian, I think it would have to be something like, kind of like the Robin Williams version, like story, not the part where like you know mm-hmm. I die at the end, mm-hmm. you know, but just like <laughs> yeah, but I just live forever. Well, yeah, no, like the way he was discovered or whatever, or like similar stories where, like, don't become like a famous comedian until like, or like S- Steve Carell or all these mm-hmm. folks who like. I just I picture myself if I'm ever gonna make it big in this life as a comedian, a stand-up comedian doing anything, it'd be because someone just discovers me doing a talk somewhere in my 40s, and they're like, you know, you're kind of funny. I'm gonna have you on this one show or have you do this or that. I wouldn't. I think see. if I did motivational speeches, I'd call it the Schweg Talks. Like instead of TED Talk, Schweg Talks. Schweg Talks. <laughs> just add Schweg into everything just to ruin it. Wedge. All right, so I think we are running out of time. Micah, do you have any last words you want to say? Um, I didn't do it. Oh, wait. Not, <laughs> th- not those kind of last words. Last, like, just, uh, just <laughs> last words for your listeners. Anything to check out? Um, yeah, you can go to uh, mjcrispin.com. I'm going to be hopefully um, relaunching a blog series um, 2017, doing some more personal writing. Going to be doing, working on some short stories. And then 
obviously finishing the second book in the Remnant series to no do some spoilers. fantasy fiction. No spoilers, please. Uh, no spoilers, promise. Um, but yeah, just feel free to check out some of my work there. But overall, just uh, keep your hopes up. Do the right thing. Don't be racist. And, uh, you know, just look at people with honest eyes and see them for who they are. They're people just like you in mm-hmm. 2017. Yeah, even though we complained about all the bad things that happened this year, I think there's a lot of good coming in the future. Those are my <laughs> final words. Awesome. Thank you, Micah. Always remember that if you have any way you want to contact or any questions for me, if you just have a question you want us to discuss, we will discuss it on air. I guarantee we will. And I will with one of my Kelly Ripa style co-hosts who uh, will just show up one day. And uh, you can email me back at theshwegcast at gmail.com. And for more info on my stuff, you can always go to samshwegglemusic.com. And uh, as always, remember to stay awesome. Stay awesome.